Island party and I wasn't invited? Ooh, it's about time you showed up, Will. Mariner, this makes us even. You know Riker? Yeah, who do you think hooks me up with all my contraband? Dude is flush with Romulan ale and... I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, we're still at red alert. Target those ships and fire. We're talking about this later. Hello, Popheads. Welcome to issue 135 of the Tomcast Podcast, coming to you from the captain's yacht aboard the USS Titan. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality independent pop culture podcast. Please follow us on the social media. We are at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. Remember, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play. And so many more. If you are listening to us via Apple Podcasts, please make sure you are giving us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. And as always, please and thank you for all your efforts in liking, subscribing, and sharing to the, sharing the show with all of the friends and family and enemies that you know. All right. We are here with a super cool episode. I think I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation. I've been looking forward to this for a little while now. And, and uh, listen, uh, you know, not everyone out there has the, the access and the means to, to enjoy new Star Trek. And, and I understand. So, like, this may be an episode of the podcast that's a little, uh, has a bit of a narrower focus than, than many, you know, where, you know, I feel like a lot of people have Netflix and Amazon and, and, and Disney Plus. But I, I don't know how many people are watching uh, uh, Star Trek via CBS All Access because that's where you have to go to watch new episodes of Star Trek is via CBS All Access. So, with that in mind, I hope you all listen to <laughs> what is sure to be a spoiler-filled rant, uh, uh, a spoiler-filled episode of of the podcast because uh, we're we're talking Star Trek. Uh, I've, I've sort of dubbing I'm dubbing this the the state of Trek for for 2021. Uh, the the third season of Star Trek Discovery has has uh, just just recently wrapped up. And uh, listen, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, but it's gonna be uh, spoiler centric, and, and so I want to give that warning now. Uh, and and all the shows we're gonna talk about in here, if you haven't watched them, yeah, we are gonna get into spoilers for all the Star Trek shows uh, that are now available on CBS All Access. We're we're gonna do a, a comprehensive uh, discussion uh, about all three current shows available on CBS All Access, and and. I hope you'll listen to it, even if you haven't checked out the Star Trek shows, because I hope, I, I believe this will be a fun conversation, no matter what, because we are inviting back uh, the, the Trek aficionado, he's uh, number one in your programs, number one in your hearts, Mr. Reagan, the undefeated champion of the Co is G podcast, uh, he's coming back on board, you may remember, uh, Reagan sat down and we, we did the episode breakdowns for Star Trek Picard, what feels like a million years ago, but was only only about a year ago, it's been about a year uh, since we were doing those episodes, breaking down the new episodes of Star Trek Picard, and and uh, I think you'll remember, you know, and if you didn't remember, if you're new to the show, uh, spoilers, we were optimistic <laughs> for that series, and uh, you know, episode by episode, week by week, we sort of got lost a little bit of that optimism, a little bit of that faith, uh, and by the end, uh, we we weren't real happy with with the way Picard ended, and uh, um, you know, it is what it is. 
And so uh, before we kind of get into the conversation, there, there's something I wanted to address because uh, I, I sort of feel like recently on, on the show, uh, there has been, well, I, I, you know, I, negativity, negativity. You know, there, there have been some reviews with some of our some of the shows, some of the movies, some of the things that we've talked about uh, have, have sort of taken on a, a, a negative spin. And I, I, I want to remind everybody that that's not the intention of the show. Uh, you know, when we started out doing the podcast, uh, the podcast, it was it was to talk about the things we loved and, and to kind of, you know, boost them up and, and elevate them and, 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 you know, let everybody know, hey, check this out. This is some super cool stuff going on. Uh, but as the show has kind of grown, we, we sort of had to uh, be a little bit more realistic in, in some of our uh, some of our chats, some of, uh, chats, some of our chats, which, uh, you know, doesn't always go smoothly because, hey, listen, we all have opinions and not everything is way, the way we like it to be. And so I, I want to put a little disclaimer out there. If you are new to the podcast, if this is like the first time you're checking out the Tomcast podcast, uh, generally we are a positive, happy podcast and, and uh, there will be that on this episode, but I, I do think I should warn people that there is going to be a little bit of uh, you know, negativity where we are going to criticize, uh, and, and hopefully with some valid, uh, valid support for our criticisms. You know, we, we don't want to just say this is bad and then move on. And it's like, no, no, no. We want to try to, and, and, uh, provide context for why we don't think something's good or is working for us as, as an audience. And that leads to disclaimer number two, uh, which is, as there, there's a, much like Star Wars, there is a lot of infighting among Star Trek fans about what constitutes Star Trek and what doesn't constitute a Star Trek show anymore. You know, like, you know, the, the a lot of the old school diehards of Trek are very much in the in the camp that Discovery and, and Picard they're they're the bastardized versions of, of Star Trek and and they they have no place in in Gene Roddenberry's vision of this of the utopian future he had in mind for all of us. And and uh, I I want to I want to believe that that myself in particular uh but i, I want to believe that reagan as well we're, we're, we're kind of capable of walking between worlds uh and and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that with reagan uh because i i will speak only for myself on this is i've accepted that trek can't be what it used to be when i was a kid i i've accepted that they've had to uh change the change modify perhaps is a better word uh, the ideal of what a Star Trek show can and should be in this current day and age for a, a, uh, a you know, a younger audience. They remember, the CBS is here to make money. They're a business. They want to get as many eyeballs in their programs as possible. So appealing to a, a, a smaller segment of the population who, uh, you know, is, is, you know, in their 50s, 60s or whatever, uh, you know, maybe my age group and maybe slightly younger than us who, who grew up with, 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 with Trek reruns and syndication, uh, you know, we're we're small compared to like the numbers they want, the numbers they want to grow their their CBS All Access app with, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But our, our, our I want to point out that our criticism is not rooted in well, it's not Trek. Uh, that's not what we're doing. That that you know I, I I would like to believe our criticisms are are fair, and 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 not just sort of blanket statements for for anything. So with that being said, with you being forewarned, it will get a little negative. Uh, but I, I feel like it would be it will be 
uh, irrational negativity, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Like, it's not going to be old man shakes fist at clouds kind of situation. And I, at least I hope that's not how it comes across. But if it is, uh, you know how to get a hold of me. And, and I'd love to hear any, any sort of uh, dissent. And, and uh, that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We're all allowed to have opinions. And if you think we're wrong, let us know that too. You know how to do it. We are the best way to get a hold of us is via social media at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, you know, we want to hear from everybody who's listening, especially about Trek. We you know we're, Reagan and I are very passionate Trek fans, and and so uh, it, it's it's with a heavy heart that we we have to kind of mm, critique the show in in, in a, in a unflattering manner sometimes. Now, Reagan, I don't know all of Reagan's opinions on, on this season of Discovery. I, I have no idea. I know his overall opinion. I don't know how far he's going to take it, though. So I only speak for myself on that. Uh, with that being said, let's get into the conversation. Enough of my preamble rambling. Uh, so, yes, this episode is focused on Trek, and I, I hope everyone is ready for what I think will be a fun conversation with our good friend Reagan from the CoSG podcast. So do what you always do. You sit down. You buckle up, you hold on to your butts, and you buckle up again. Here we go. Engage. Hey, all right. Joining us again via the Skype. <laughs> because how else do we do you do a podcast in 2021? I don't even know anymore. Reagan's here. Greetings, program. <laughs> I'm back. He's back. He's bad. And uh, even better news for Reagan is the fact that uh, you know, I, as a, as a listener to his podcast, the Co is G Pod, uh, I am I am aware of things. There are things that I know <laughs> about him, and I'm not going to ruin it all. <laughs> I'm not going to shatter illusions just yet. But uh, uh, I have a special treat for Reagan because oh, I no. think he I think he deserves it. <laughs> and uh, so I want him to get ready because you know Reagan is a man who enjoys the wrestling, right? I am. That is true. So you deserve a little intro music, don't you? Oh, is this is it good? Come on, do it. Well, it's Goldfinger here in your bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I get to see you walking into the ring right now. Uh, it would be good, <laughs> but for for wrestlers, am I in the the opponent's bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like, am I assaulting, like, their significant other? You could be. They're not assaulting. Am I romancing? Like, I'll be more of a Valvinus type. We'll stop it right there. We don't need to go any further than that. But <laughs> if you want to hear Reagan uh, discuss more Goldfinger, please listen to the Co-SG pod. <laughs> please do. I've only listened to the five tracks that you recommended off that new album. Ooh, it's solid. It's solid. It's good. It's good. All right. Well, just, I was like, man, they have not grown. They're <laughs> they're and thankfully, like that's what I like. <laughs> Stay where you are. Yeah, uh, we 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 tease Reagan because he is a, he is uh, very affectionately stuck in 1997. Mm -hmm. It was a good year. <laughs> well, you're here for a very important reason, uh, and that is to to discuss the state of Star Trek. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard. I don't like to be that guy. You know, I don't want to shit all over stuff all the time. But sometimes Star Trek is very infuriating these days, and and that's why that's why you're here because you're going to talk me off the ledge, aren't you? Oh no no no! I jumped long ago. Oh shit! All right. It's, I'm I'm really glad we didn't do this last week. I have had a week to watch a better television, <laughs> and, and and B just to let it go because 
it's in a bad state right now. Well, outside of lower decks. Well, we'll, 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 we'll yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess on the plus side, let's look at the positive for a second. Okay, in, good. Let's. It's a small list. <laughs> in the year 2020, we got three Star Trek shows. That's kind of cool on the surface. That, yes. I mean, I know it feels like a million years ago, but we did about about this time last year, you and I were breaking down Star Trek Picard episodes as they were rolling out. Mm-hmm. And it's fair to say, and, the, and anyone who was, uh, was, uh, was, was, was kind enough to listen to those episodes knows that as the weeks went on, uh, you and I's... Uh, uh, Optimism for that series, <laughs> it just broke us down. Yes, it it broke me. It's I thought it broke me more than anything, and then season three of Discovery happened, and that <laughs> broke me. Hold on, hold on. Let's pull it. Let's pull it, it back. I'm just saying that made me miss the last episode of Star Trek Picard. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like, I was like, I should go back and rewatch that. Maybe that's better. Uh, yeah. So, but so Picard didn't end well for us. Uh, I, I think, I, I. Uh, I, I mean, a disappointing, lackluster, subpar season finale for season one of Picard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I am optimistic that season two will rebound. I know they brought some new, uh, some new, some, some new creative people involved to get involved in the show. Uh, I know Mark Bernardin is one person who will be, I think, a writer and a, a story supervisor for the show, which I think he desperately needs. Uh, yes. And Bernardin's pretty, pretty good at the at the at, at the. Making sure things make sense. That's one of his strong points as a writer. Oh, that I'm very much looking forward to that because I this this franchise could use a a guiding post or I don't know someone to just watch the other shows <laughs> like one time. Well, uh, you know, much much like I, I, again, we'll talk about Discovery down the road. But you know, yeah. when when Discovery first launched, you know, the the big the big name attached to it was Brian Fuller's and, and he mm-hmm. had, he had ta- uh, Trek cachet with him because he was, uh, he was a, a, like a junior writer on DS nine way back when. So right. you know, he kind of came from the franchise and uh, Bernardin, uh, uh, I think he interned over, over like a summer break on next gen. Okay. So, so, I mean, he's a fan of, of the, of the, of the material and you know, he, he, he has, uh, he went radio silent. I think once he got the job on, on Picard, he stopped talking about season one of the show. So, Good. <laughs> I think he knows that it was a, a subpar season, and I really hope they write the ship. Now, unfortunately, because of COVID, th- this was a show. Season two of Picard was supposed to start filming, uh, you know, middle to late last year. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. I went on the internet looking for updates if they've started filming, if there's anything in production with it. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. No idea, but uh, Patrick Stewart is in a high risk group. So. I'm okay with them not filming right now. We must protect him at all costs. I, I also think Patrick Stewart should get an automatic cut for vaccines. He should just cut yeah, the line, get yeah. the fast pass, and, and get to the front of the line. I mean, he's 1A. What is he, in the 70s? I mean, he. I mean, how many times has he saved the Federation and the planet? He gets That's to, true. Get, to he, go to the front of the line. More than I can count. <laughs> and technically, he is a cybernetic life form now, so he technically doesn't need the vaccine. Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, if... Oof. If anyone, I, I, uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes where we, where we <laughs> talk about our, our, dis, our just supreme disappointment at, at the transference of, of Picard's consciousness into a cybernetic body. Terrible. But I got a fix for that. I just thought of it just now. Mm, go on. Q shows up, finds out Picard's an artificial life form, says, nah, I don't like that. 
boom, he's a human again, and then Q leaves. Well, you know, like Q it says... It wipes everything out of season one, and Q just disappears. And we get Q in a show again. Well, like, like, like Q says on Lower Decks, you know, Picard's so boring. He's always uh, quoting Shakespeare and making wine. Yeah. <laughs> Q's moved on is what I'm trying to get at. You never forget your first love. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, we're not going to talk about too much about Picard, but Picard left us in a low place. Yes, it did. It left us in a low place. And I'm I'm going to... Again, I'm I'm hoping to be I want to be optimistic about season two. I, I I feel like they maybe put some better people in place to do good things. Like, you know, because that that show had a good cast. It had some interesting angles, and oh yeah, it just botched everything. Yeah, the the whole crew he puts together, they're all very interesting, and you want to flesh out those characters. But I have a it's that that's what's a problem with current Star Trek. Is they focus laser focus on one character, mm-hmm. and you are going to see them save the day, tackle every problem from every angle, and they're not really going to focus on other characters. Right, and I guess that's as good a transition as any to like get into Star Trek Discovery because that that's going to be the kind of like the crux of the show. We're going to save the high point, the positives, uh, for for mm-hmm. at the end of the show when we talk about Lower Decks because I think you and I mm-hmm. both agree okay. that Lower Decks was very enjoyable. Oh, sorry, that didn't mute. I did not mean to burp. <laughs> My mute button did not work. I apologize. I'm hoping I talked over it, so maybe no one I really it. hope you did. I, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, let's kind of encapsulate Discovery. Okay, this is we're, this year, uh, what was it this past November when it, when it kicked off? We're kicking off season three of Discovery. Mm-hmm. So, seasons one and two have not exactly been uh, smooth rides. Uh in, in, in particular, I know I have talked about it on the, on the podcast. Uh, season one of Discovery, I I don't like the first couple of episodes, like the first three or four, maybe even five episodes. I don't care for that show at all. It does pick up. It does all of a sudden capture my interest, and I'm I'm very much into it. I became a big fan by the end, by the second mm-hmm. half of season one. Um, how did you feel about season one of of that show? Just kind of you know, in a nutshell. Uh, the the first time I watched it, like the the whole Klingon thing, obviously annoyed me. Sure, the the new makeup and the, the yeah, new the new makeup, and I get it. They have new effects and they have new ways to do things. But we we've seen Klingons in this time period. Like, if they wanted to make Klingons look different in season three, go for it. You know, go for broke species evolve over time. Right. But it, the, I didn't like them. Because no one acted like Starfleet, really. Mm-hmm. Like Captain Lorca doesn't really act like Starfleet. Well, we yeah, but there is a reason for that. Yeah, there's we, a reason. We, we get to that. I mean, maybe we won't spoil that necessarily, but there is a reason. But Bur- Michael Burnham doesn't act like Starfleet. No, you know, it, she and over over the course of the two seasons of the show, like I said, it's it's sort of a bumpy road. But there, I think there in the first two seasons, there's more ups than downs. Uh, but the problem, yeah. the problem's Burnham. And like you said, that laser focus on that character. And who, that's the only reason she's not, if they focused on some of the other storylines more. Cause I, I posed this to my brothers. I was like, name the bridge crew on discovery. You can't, I know like one of them. Yeah. You know, Saru and you know, Tilly. What's the pilot's name? Oh, I know Detmer's name. I do know that yeah, one. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Did you know Detmer before this season? Yes, but only because oh. her last name is Detmer, and I think of Coy and Ty, the football oh, okay. quarterbacks. All right. That, that was the only reason why it stuck in my brain. <laughs> it's, it's like, it, isn't there an Asian guy on the bridge? Yes, there is. 
What's his name? Don't know. There you go. See, that's a problem because we're in season three of a show. No, we, and we don't we, we no. don't know everyone's oh, name. Oh, for sure. So so uh, again, season two ups and downs, but I think I liked it. Uh, it there, again, more positives than negatives in there, though. There's plenty to criticize. Um, but again, Burnham's sort of like your your problematic character because of her. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say impetuousness, but her, like this sort of like stubbornness about her about doing things her own way. Yeah, everything has to be her way. And but don't worry. Like if you oppose her, it's gonna work out her way at the very end. All right. She's never wrong. Yeah. So let's Which let's... is worse. It's it'd be fine for her to be wrong one time and then I don't know, grow from it. Grow as a character, maybe. So like, yeah. So let's talk about season three then, because season uh, three season two ends on a on like a, a complete game changer. They're gonna go like a mm-hmm. thousand years into the future and we're gonna see a whole new federation, a whole new uh, uh, era of Star Trek that we've never seen before. Discovery's going to shake off the the, the kind of like trappings of being uh, a prequel show to the original series of Star Trek, which never oh, really worked for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, that was going to be a hard trick to pull off, anyways. Especially with and they had like, already done it. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, visually, it's just you know that that continuity is just not there. Like it wasn't going to fly. You know, all the, all the tech they had, all the advancements. Yeah. Well, they, they would have had to do it like uh, Rogue One, where they would have had to make everything look older. Like, they would have had to just make everything look the same, which is probably what they should have done if you're going to do that. Right. So the, Don't they, give them new technology. So, well, so, the, so they decided, okay, you know what? Dancing between the raindrops and Star Trek continuity is too hard anyways. Let's just go somewhere else. We'll take our advanced ship with technology that no one had heard of during, you know, the original series or... or you know, uh, uh, the next gen, gen DS9. Yeah. No, you know, nowhere. whatever. Let's just go far away and, and have a new playground to play in. It sounds exciting. It sounds interesting, right? Mm hmm. was very excited for the possibility of that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like season three started off on a good note. I, I it the did. first couple episodes are pretty solid, right? You know, we yeah. get the first episode. Uh, Michael in her, in her time suit arrives first, crashes into a planet, and we kind of follow her. It's it's a very Burnham heavy. It is it's all Burnham basically, but it's it's her kind of self discovering this life in this thirty second century now and and how different things are and realizing that that the Federation is not a thing anymore and that you know space is much more. I don't know. Is is like I guess Western is more of a appropriate metaphor as as you know certain parts of the galaxy are cut off from one another. Dilithium. There was a big dilithium uh, catastrophe. Would that yes. be the right good word? We, we is called the burn uh-huh. becomes the focus of the of the season yeah it becomes the 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 the, the mystery that drives michael burnham uh, to insane links to 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 try and solve because she believes that if she can solve that mystery she can restore the federation single-handedly <laughs> that's yeah. and that's his character's biggest problem uh, right there is like she has like this like messiah complex right like she can't not save everyone in the universe yeah, that's what's depressing about it, because it would have been great if, like, she had to get some Andorians back into the fold, and then had to get Vulcans back into the fold, had to go find a Klingon and get them back into the fold, and then everybody working together fixes the problem. I played like, that game. That's what Star Trek it, is. It, it was everybody working too. together. I played that game. It was it was yeah. fun. Yeah, and it was great. <laughs> it was a great video game. It's a great video game. <laughs> Uh, let me ask you. This. So, what did you think? All right, we're in the thirty-second future. 
that we find out the Federation's, you know, not much of a thing anymore. It's lost substantial influence, uh, sway. So many members of the, of the, all the planets that we have grown to love are not part of the Federation anymore. Like, like the Vulcans, like the, like the trail, um, mm-hmm. so many more. What did you, what did you mm. think of that decision? I mean, what did you, did you like that, that kind of conflict? I, I did because I thought it was, you know, them coming in and trying to mend fences or trying to birth a new Federation where like, Maybe they would like befriend like the Romulans are going to be super cool in the future, and they start a new federation with like the Romulans, and I don't know the Dominion or you know some other evil faction, not the Borg. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point. Um, and the, the, I I sort of like the dilithium situation with it being like this really scarce resource all of a sudden, you know, because I, I was like, oh, that's kind of like relevant and then you know environmental scarcities and things like that i was like I, okay I was, oh, okay i'll buy into this burn thing and, and we'll figure it out but something i was thinking about uh and a, and a friend of mine pointed it out to me now granted back in in the in the timeline you mm-hmm. know back in like the picard era then you know in the next gen timeline the, mm-hmm. the romulans have had some problems <laughs> a little bit but as my friend pointed out to me Romulan Romulan ships not powered by dilithium. Shouldn't they be ruling the galaxy? What are they powered by? Uh, hopes and prayers of small children. I think. Oh. I don't remember I, exactly. My friend told me, and I forgot to write it down. I, I'm sure it's in the episode when Troy's on the the bird of prey. They talk about it, or one of like the Geordi episodes. Right. I'm gonna try and Google it real quick. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. But they're they're but they are I, in, all they I was are thinking... in bad in, in bad in, in bad shape. What I was thinking was like Art- they artificial, were already artificial trying... quantum singularity. That's how it powers a warp drive. Mm, that sounds dangerous. Well, the Romulans <laughs> live on the edge. You know that. That's why Not they're anymore. so sexy. Or they're they're <laughs> just all about telling the truth now. Oh well. <laughs> so, we'll get there again. A little quirk, but like that's kind of sort of. I, I I guess that's one of my issues with the show. Is like it kind of wants to take. Star Trek and change it or ignore parts of it so that it tells its narrative. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they do that a lot. So th- let's let's uh, let's get off Burnham because I I'm gonna rip her new one later anyways. Um, it's and and I I can't tell you how much I love the actress. Sonequa uh, Martin Green is great. She's fantastic, and even in this, it's not she's doing great. What they are giving her is trash. Is garbage. Yeah. Well, like you said, when you, when you focus on one character as 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 tightly as they do, uh, you really underscore the fact that everyone else is not equal to this character as mm-hmm. as far as like a importance in the show, but I mean just to the overall plot. Like you said, well, I don't know this bridge crew. They've been on the show for three years, three years, right? Yeah, like and, you, you and know, at a certain point, you know, we don't know this bridge crew. So uh, no one knows this bridge crew. So that when when the captain has to leave the ship, he turns it over to an ensign who knows nothing. Oh, don't <laughs> no, because we couldn't possibly have someone who we don't know in charge of the ship for an episode. Fucking blew my mind. <laughs> like and, I get it if he's going to the can to take a piss and he's like, "Hey Tilly, watch over things till I get back in twenty two seconds." Yeah. And, and so yes, spoilers come out. This is, gosh, this is towards the, the definitely towards the 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 penultimate episodes of the season. Uh, but Saru goes on a, on an away mission. He leaves Tilly, who's been promoted to to, to first officer, above way more qualified people. Mm-hmm. And Tilly's a character I like. Don't get me wrong. Love her. 
Yeah. Love Tilly. Has no business as the first officer of that ship, let alone running the bridge. And her decisions prove that. <laughs> Terrible first officer. <laughs> Terrible Worst captain. Process. Worst captain. Yes, that's what I meant. Uh, yeah, when she right. was in charge of the bridge, she's, she is the acting captain. And she just, oh boy. Osira and the uh, the Emerald Chain, who are the big bads for the season, uh, they have their way with her pretty quickly. Oh, uh, Just another real quick thing about how little we know about the crew of this ship yeah. after three years. Who is the security chief? Well, I thought it was supposed to be the... the I, again, I don't know the character's name because they don't spend enough time with her, but the one who came over from the Enterprise at the end of season two, right? Right, right. but who was it before that? Besides uh, Tori from Battlestar Galactica who dies in season one. Right. Um, that is a great question. Yeah. Problem with this show. That's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, who's... I mean... They, they, I mean... T- I guess technically Stamus is the chief of engineering, right? Yes. And Stamus yeah. is a great character too, but because great sh- character, and but, his husband is the chief uh, medical officer. And Colbert's great too. I like Colbert. Colbert oh, was awesome. really great this season. One of the high points of the season not, was Colbert. not used enough. And then um, no, but used better this Tick season Nijaro than the first two. Is, yeah. And yeah, Tignataro is, is like a, what's her name? Jet something. Yes, that's what I'm trying. Jet Reno. <laughs> Jet Reno. There it is. That's a cool great name, name. Also, yeah, great name. Yeah, no, Tignataro is great. And in those first episodes, uh, with, with her with Stamets, you know, as as they're kind of cra- after they've crash landed Discovery on that planet, that ice planet with the parasitic ice, and, mm-hmm. and uh, Stamets has, has been awoken from his coma, but he's not he's far from well, and he's in the Jeffries tubes, and and she's just going after <laughs> just the verbal sparring, delightful. Yeah. Like they're I said, there, 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 there's some really good stuff in the show. It just doesn't spend enough time with these characters. We get too stuck on. Burnham and her obsessions and her focuses and you know for a little while I was thinking it'd be interesting because we didn't we didn't say it but after Burnham crash lands on that planet Discovery does not follow her there Discovery arrives in the future a year after she's been there already so th- there's room for some interesting stuff to do is it only a year I thought it was four months I thought it was a year but maybe it's four oh, months man. it should have been like five years like that she had to fend on her own right and so it puts Burnham in this place where, like, she's had to become, like, self-reliant and she just doesn't really believe in, like, the Starfleet ways anymore. And, well, she never did. Like, right. So when she re-acc- <laughs> She's never been a great Starfleet so, officer. Yeah, she can't really, like, re, uh, re-acclimate the Starfleet life very easily. So when Saru makes her first officer, it's all just bought bad because mm-hmm. she's still doing things her own way. She's disobeying orders left and right. I'm losing my mind. One of my favorite things about Star Trek is is the chain of command mm, and, and that, that whole thing. You know, the I, I oh, that's my biggest frustration with this show is it's 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 it doesn't respect the chain of command. It's not about being mm. part of a team. It's about this one character doing her own thing. And yes, maybe she's getting it right, but at the expense of what the show seems to be. I was always told us is like you're part of a team. You're not an individual. Right. It's, it's, it's team before you. Right. I don't. I, I, it's it's baffling to me, yes, and it it, it it culminates with one of the most ridiculous scenes ever at the end of the show. At the end of the season, I should say, when, when oh, Admiral Vance promotes her again, yes. this time to captain. Oh. Horrible, and just her and Tilly just staring at each other every five seconds, where they're like, "Oh, you guys like these characters, right? Look, everyone wants to see her captain. No one wants to see her captain. No, <laughs> no one. No. Let let's and let's go back. Let for the wonderful people who've watched the show and know this, 
Let's not forget, Burnham started the war with the Klingons because she thought she knew better than everybody else. Is she wrong? In that instance? She might not have been wrong. She could have prevented the war if she had fired those torpedoes. Well, she did mutiny against Georgiou and get Georgiou right. killed. She was willing to to take the, the fall after that, but she could have prevented the war, maybe. <laughs> I feel like that's a reach. <laughs> it might be. I mean, but you don't know. I'm okay giving her the benefit of the doubt. Like, like Burnham's this character I want to like, but I don't... I'm, I'm, I'm sort of tired of this... Uh, 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 again, this sort of... Like you, I think you said the perfect word of, of earlier, like this, like this laser beam focus on only her at the expense of everyone around her who we don't know. And then this season, we're expected to uh, go on the journey with this bridge crew that we have no idea who they are. Yeah, and that I think that's why Tilly was promoted because they couldn't like I don't know who who's third in command exactly. technically. Exactly. I know I agree with you one hundred percent. Uh, I, I felt like, and I felt like there's a really good opportunity for us to get to know this crew. Uh, I think it's episode three or four, the one where th- where Saru kind of has like the big Thanksgiving dinner kind of thing, right? And it's like, oh, we're gonna get to know these people finally. That'll be fun. And then it just devolves into you know uh, everyone's PTSD and how they hate being in the future because now they don't know anybody, which I, I understand. Like that's great. Yeah, that's. Some of the crew should be excited for it. Some should be feeling that way. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, they've made it so difficult to kind of get to know this crew now because it's, like you said, it's been three years right. and, and, and we then, don't really know anything about them. And so when they have PTSD, like, yeah, I want to understand and I want to empathize with that character, but I don't know them. Right. And they started doing that this season when they went to that one, like, um, asteroid with the security chief with the, the breathing apparatus. Mm-hmm. And sorry. They don't tell you her name enough. Right. They know they don't. Like, it's it's not me. I could tell you Broga Danar. Like, if they said her name, like, three times, I would know it. No. But she goes to that planet, and, and it's her people. Right. And I was like, oh, they're finally going to flush this character out a little bit. No, she decides to and leave the ship and stay there. And, stay, and I was like, yeah. that's dumb. Why are they getting rid of this person? Yeah, I, I, I remember that episode was, I found to be uh, very infuriating. <laughs> Because I was like, I was like, what was the point of having this? You dragged this person to the future with you, and now she's no longer even part of the show. Yeah, like that was like a mission to get food or something. They were there to guard food or yeah, they were looking seeds. For, uh, yeah, they were looking for seeds. For like and and like Burnham was gonna get uh uh uh, uh there's supposed to be clues within some of the seeds or whatever to to the burn or something like that. I think. Yeah. Does that sound right? I could be I could... sure. Like everything with the burn, like. It ends so badly, it really taints it all the way back for me now. Now that I know what caused the burn, it's because someone really should have been like, hey, we, we should take another run at this and think of something better. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I think it's very Star Trekky to to reduce it to something as, I don't know, as... as, as uh, Again, I just use the word Star Trekky. I mean, it's very Star Trekky to kind of reduce it. It's like, oh, this happened not because of malice or or uh, uh, some overt plot by another species or whatever like that. It was an emotional outburst from a child who has yeah. some unnatural connection to dilithium. I'm not saying I liked it, but I'm no, saying it, please don't, it's huh? very Star Trek <laughs> for the, to kind don't. of go that way. I was like, ah, I don't like it's... this, but it's kind of Star Trek. <laughs> Once again, I would have rather Q to show up 
<laughs> snap his fingers and be like, no more dilithium. Go fuck yourself. And I would have been like, oh, Q, you rascal. And then he would have gone. <laughs> I guess that's a... <laughs> Look, I put eight more minutes of thought into that than they did. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, you know, it's funny. I know we're jumping all over the place and we're giving oh. out big spoilers here, but this show's just got so many banana crazy things in it. it do- although I did think of something that would have been cooler in the future. You remember in season two when they go to Saru's home, the, the Kelpian homeworld. Sure, sure. And that they teach him that they don't have to, what, what's their death thing called? Um, I don't remember the name at all. But yeah. Their, their time when, the, you know, and they look past it and that, that race that's holding them down is like, we do it for a reason. Right. I would have loved it if Kelpians were just horrible in the future, just running shit. Instead of the Orion Syndicate, like the Kelpians became the villains. I think that would have been interesting, but I think it also kind of would have, I don't know, I got, I, I I'm okay with what they did because I think, I think Saru is kind of like this wonderful, um, I don't know if role model is the word I want to use, but he's, he's sort of like this uh, like figure that, that sure. Kelpians aspire to be, to be part of the galaxy, to be part of this thing. And he makes them aware of their past as like the sort of like the apex predator on their planet and why they need to learn how to live with the other species. But I mean, it would have made for an interesting story. Don't get me wrong. It, yeah, it, I fear that would have been very Star Trek that his decision, which they had to do to defeat control or everything would be dead. Right. And now they can... You know, they can learn to get peace with the Kelpians. I'm just really glad we decided to go away from rogue AIs this year. I had enough of that between season two and then season one of Picard. Yeah. They love rogue AIs. They do. They love truth-telling Romulans. And they uh, love ignoring back canon. Like, how can a human have a symbiote or a, I was, inside okay, of it? Let's, let's I know. I just trills. wanted to get no, no, there no, and say, let's, that's let's, garbage. Let's talk about the Trill situation. The, the, Fuck the, that. The introduction me. of the Adara character. Uh, now, on the surface, I, I'm fine with the Adara character. Uh, sure. Uh, this, uh, it's something new for, for Trek TV to have a, a non-binary character. Um, mm-hmm. That's all good stuff, and I, I like the sort of uh, this relationship she forges, or that they forge with uh, Culber and and Stamets is sort of like the mm-hmm. foster family with them. Um, but yeah, the, the humans, it has been established very well on next gen on D space nine. A human cannot be the long-term host of a trill symbiote. It doesn't jive. It, it will die. It will die and you will die with it. But I did think of a, a, a quick fix for discovery. She is one sixty fourth trill. That's all they have to say one time. I thought and then we just have to let it go. I thought you were going to say she's 164th Q, because that seems to be kind of like your, oh, all right, well, your, your drum head I mean, tonight. She's definitely, you know, <laughs> at least one quarter Q. <laughs> like the chick from the Wonder Years. Yeah, uh, it, and it was sort of like, I again, the the, the Adira character, by and large, I liked. Um, a little know-it-all-y for me, but that's kind again, that kind of But that's jives. a trill. That's, but she's not that's a trill. A symbiote. I know, but that's a symbiote. Like, you know, they become, because they have, you know, seven to ten life experiences, depending on how okay. old uh, the symbiote is. So they, you know, they have a lot a wealth of experience. I suppose. I thought I thought of it, it, it more reminded me of like, uh, you know, the the, the sort of uh, Wesley Crusher-esque little kid who's going to save yeah. the day sort of thing. See, I, I, I chose to look at it that she, maybe she wasn't like that before she got the, the symbiote. Okay. 
and and because now she has, I, I forget how many are. In, I'm I'm gonna say seven because I know that's how many words in Dax. So <laughs> I mean, the, okay the greatest Trill symbiote of all. Definitely, I think we all know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, what did you think of, the, of? Okay, so and that's kind of fleshes out for anyone who's listening and is like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Yeah. But the, oh, uh, that's a, true. a human <laughs> but, named Adira gets the Trill symbiote because. Uh, her partner, who is a Trill and is the host of the symbiont, gets killed in an attack, right? Yes. Yeah. Like the, the people who are raiding, Yeah, right? the, the raiders who are coming to Earth. Because Earth is now this super isolationist planet. Again, not part of the Federation. Uh, and they're dealing with their own problems. Uh, which, again, that was weird, too. Yeah. But, but, but before we get into that, like, let's talk about Grey. Because, okay, so Grey was the host of the symbiote, which would dictate mm-hmm. that uh, Adira and Grey would be able to communicate with each other via the, 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 uh, the symbiote, which allows memories of the previous hosts. Yeah. But there's something else going on here, and I don't understand it at all. And I don't like it. <laughs> it's like, it's like Grey's like a ghost? Or yeah, something? he's a ghost or that like they're going to try ghost? and bring back to life. And, and that a computer apparent, recognized of all, of all things? You. Yes, it was made into <laughs> a flesh through the holodeck. Yeah. So all they need to do is put him in the holodeck, get the doctor remote thing, and put it on him, and that guy's back to life, apparently. I guess. Now, to be fair, uh, when they brought Culber back to life, that was unique and different as well. But <laughs> I wasn't crazy about that because I thought, like, I was so upset by it then. Yeah. Because, you know, his death was so sudden, but it had meaning for the show. Now, if you just kill people and bring them back. It loses all meaning. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and, and unless you bring them back as a mirror version of themselves, or they go back in time and have a baby with somebody, then they can come back. I th- and I, I I do remember Discovery got a, a a huge ration of shit for killing, you know, one of the one of the gay leads on the show in season one, and everyone's like, "Are you effing kidding?" <laughs> well, he's the doctor, like. <laughs> Sorry. I think it was if mostly he had the, killed it a was, faceless person. It wouldn't have mattered. Well, I'm just saying. Like, I think they just did it for shock and awe, and then they realized, like, <laughs> it's like that was a bad idea. We should not have done that. Probably. <laughs> like, he could have killed one of the nameless bridge crew. But once again, it wouldn't matter. Well, also remember too. I mean, going back to season one, when they killed when they killed Culber, like we didn't even really like Stamets all that much yet. Like Stamets no, was he, still fairly unlikable. Extremely unlikable. So, like, his death wasn't as nearly impactful as it probably could have been because we hadn't yet connected with that character because we had been so busy with Burnham for the first four or five episodes. Mm. <laughs> Still quite busy with Burnham. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I'm just going to put it on Front Street. Burnham's the biggest problem with the show, but not because she's a bad character. It's just because she's too much. Yes, she's poochy. Where whenever she's not on camera, people have to talk about her. They do. Oh my god, that's a great reference. That that's that's really very astute. I think. That's right. <laughs> I get one every like four podcasts. Don't worry about. It. <laughs> I mean, like I said, this, this this season did do a better job of sort of spreading the wealth around as as far as making the other crew uh, involved in mm-hmm. in the outcome of the of the show of the season, but yes. not to my satisfaction. I would say, but I mean, I guess it's a step in the right direction. It, is it? I don't know. It, I don't know. I mean, I don't, we're, we're going to find out next year. I don't think they're going to learn from any of this because now Burnham's captain. Well, let's let's okay. So uh, spoiler. Yeah, no, no, no. So, <laughs> know so Burnham, that, Burnham's right? arc, Burnham's arc in this season is crazy. So she arrives in the future. She spends a year with Book. We haven't talked about Book yet, but I think Book's a really Love good character. Book. Great character. 
Love book. Yeah. Really fun character. Really good stuff. I, I, I love the way he tries to incorporate himself into the crew in the later episodes. Uh, but she spends a, a base, like roughly a year with this dude flying around the galaxy, being a courier, delivering stuff and, and, and investigating the mystery of the burn and, and kind of disassociating herself from Starfleet. Then she comes back. And now to the crew of the Discovery, it's only been like hours since they saw her last. But mm-hmm. for her, it's a year. So reassimilating with the crew is hard for her. Uh, and there's sort of a disconnect between them. But Saru automatically promotes her to first captain or first captain, first <laughs> first officer, <laughs> the new number one, basically. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then she spends, you know, the next bunch of episodes doing whatever the fuck she wants, whatever, no matter what Saru says. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Which gets, getting in trouble all gets, over gets the place. Trouble, pisses off the admiral, the 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 admiral of, of the of Starfleet that exists now, uh, played by the the Oded Fair. He was Wonderful. so good, and you may recognize him as the he was the Magi from Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. No, or he was the gigolo. Do, do the from gigolo Deuce and Bigelow, Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go to Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> as, as soon as I saw him, I was like, women pay me to give them pleasure. <laughs> it's, also, he was a villain on Burn Notice. <laughs> yes, Ryan, go watch Burn Notice. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if Ryan's going to listen to this because he's trying to watch Discovery, isn't he? He's not going to watch Discovery. He said he's going to watch and forget about it. Oh, okay. Like, I think we spoiled some of it because Rob and I just rail against the show as well. Right. So, so Burnham gets into all this trouble. Gets stripped of being the first officer. It gets sent back down to being a science officer. Uh, but then we get into the into the the final three or four episodes of the season, and Saru goes to lead this away mission because they're looking for this Kelpian who is uh, they 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 don't know it at the time, but they they eventually are able to piece together. He's the one responsible for causing the burn and causing the sort of uh, implosion that of the Federation and things like that because of no dilithium. Uh, and that puts Burnham in a position now to get promoted and do things her own way and be rewarded for it because we're in the future and I guess that's okay. It must did, be. But did also, that sum it up? Why, <laughs> why, why keep that Kelpian alive? He's basically a mass murderer. <laughs> well, he doesn't know that, though. Okay. And I, I, the, I think the assertion is... He is, is a that, threat. <laughs> okay, but, but Colbert says <laughs> that if they can remove him from the nebula and from the planet, they can get him away from the, away from the dilithium. Everything should be A-okay. They He's, think... They think it's a working theory. It's yeah. Star Trek. That's what they do. I know, but you know what? I have a better way to fix that. Hey, even a broken Doctor Crusher's right twice him a with day. A face or... Even a broken Doctor Crusher's right right twice a day. Come on, that's true. <laughs> and actually, and I just thought of who the security and Doctor Crusher was. fell in love with a ghost. All right, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. I guess I, I guess I'm inv- I guess you know what? I guess Don't I'm invalidating Cobra's theories right there because uh, because uh, I'm proving that the doctors are unreliable sources. Never mind. I should stop this train of thought. I'm trying to defend <laughs> Culber here, and I'm ruining it. <laughs> but but that's the most infuriating part of the, of the show is 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 the way she gets patted on the back for doing things her own way despite defying orders in the process. Right. It's very frustrating. It's it's super frustrating, but they should have killed that Kelpian and then. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> it's like, that, that just that's been over, not but... really how started. Maybe if Giorgio were still there, and we'll talk about well, Giorgio later. <laughs> if they had to see someone in security being like, "Hey, this guy's a weapon," <laughs> he could be. You know, if the Orion Syndicate gets a hold of him. Don't Reagan. Don't worry. Your application for Section Thirty One is in the mail. Uh, it's on the way. You don't want me in charge of Thirty One. A lot of people are going down. <laughs> I don't like that Romulus is reuniting, unifying with Vulcan. I'm going to put an end to that real quick. <laughs> oh, my God. You're like that Admiral from Picard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Can't have it. But also, the security chief in season two was, uh, or at the end of season one after Tori dies, is uh, 
Voth, the Klingon guy, was the security. Because Lorca brings him on from the ship. He takes over security. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but what about in season two, though? Doesn't matter in season two. You got Pike. He doesn't need a security chief. Pike runs a tight ship. That's right. He's like, I don't need that shit. Get it out of here. Yeah, and I don't know. Rebecca Romaine maybe did. I know. You know, and I know we're. I know we're talking. Uh, obviously, we're focused on on this this current season of Discovery. But anyone season happened. two of Discovery, Captain Pike, played by Ensign Mount, is just mwah, perfect. Mwah. Beautiful. Can't wait for his show. Yep. Yeah. And we'll we'll talk about Strange New Worlds uh, probably towards the end the end of the of the podcast. But. <sighs> Let's, okay, I guess now's a good point to, to go back and talk about Captain Giorgio from the Mirror mm-hmm. Universe, still the former emperor of the mm-hmm. of the Terran Empire, still kicking around in the show. And we have to... Okay, I like... I love Michelle Yeoh. The, She's great. The Giorgio character is interesting, the, this whole former Terran thing. Now, granted, I would have put a, a boot to her neck a long time ago, but because, uh, you know, she you can't trust her. <laughs> you can't trust her. <laughs> she's fine she's not in power but she like, goes she goes with them into the future right and it turns out that's a bad idea because she's from a, a, a mirror universe and uh, you know as it's sort of explained uh these these universes uh these parallel universes have drifted apart from each other over time and the further she gets away from it she begins to distort and and come uh, kind of unwind from reality Okay, fine. I'm I'm okay with that. That's that's interesting. But we had to take two episodes out of the middle of the season to to dive into this, to kind of go into this mystery. And as much as as excited as I was to go back into the mirror universe, and explore the Terran Empire and kind of like all the stuff that led up to the season one stuff with the mirror mm-hmm. universe, it just felt like they just pumped the brakes on the season, and I it was really kind of jarring. It absolutely was. <laughs> I as, I'm and I love the mirror universe. Who Unfortunately, doesn't? if you go to that well too often, it really loses its uh, momentum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Deep Space Nine figured that out. There are some great mirror episodes in Deep Space Nine. There are. And then there are some you're like, oh, why is this the thing? Like, why are we in the? Why are we here again? Yeah. Like. Yeah, Deep Space Nine got into some trouble because I, especially towards like the end of its run, where like characters were just kind of popping in and out of the mirror universe at will. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is this is kind of silly. <laughs> They just want to see Evil Kira again. Come on. <laughs> well, evil Evil Wharf with Garrick on a leash was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, Vic Fontaine, for some reason, being a space pirate. He's a hologram, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> he is a lounge singer. <laughs> hologram. Yeah, one of the more interesting aspects of those, those like, what, final two or three seasons of, of Deep Space Nine. How everyone goes Throwing to a holographic a lounge singer for advice. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love the the Bada Bing episode is great. <laughs> right, we won't go, let's not go. Right, go watch that. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna smile the whole time. the The crew of D Space Nine takes down an evil casino boss. Ocean's well, Eleven style. Ocean's Eleven style. It, it's it's great. I'm not going to dispute that. But so we, we we take two episodes for for this Giorgio, which is basically setting up the pilot or the new. Section 31 show that's been talked about for a while now, right? I, I guess. But and, is she a time traveler now? Or did she just take it back to get back to the original time and she'll be with um, Ash? Uh, well, yeah. And I think that's ultimately where she's going to end up going. I don't know how they're going to set it up. But I think I think they want it to be like mysterious, even though it's like, oh, you know, we all have the internet. We've read the Section 31 stories. We know what's happening. And it's going to be her on it. 
Yeah, and also, I want Section 31 to go back to being a secret organization. <laughs> Instead of everyone in the world knowing about it? Or in the yes. galaxy knowing about it? Yes. Once again, D-Space 9, they would contact Dr. Bashir and Dr. Bashir alone. Still. Try again. You know what, though? What, oh, what if she went back and was in the D-Space 9 timeline and teamed up with William Sadler's character? Oh, I would love it. <laughs> I'd, I'd lose my mind. If they did, like, uh, you know when they did the, the Trials and Tribulations episode when oh, D-Space yeah. 9 goes... If they did something like that, where they just inserted her in the background of like the promenade, mm-hmm. or her killing like a Dominion soldier, like or a Cardassian, or or when the Klingons invaded one time, they just had her murdering someone real quick and then transporting out. Yeah, I'd yeah, like, oh. yeah. Although they could do that for like have her in a Voyager episode, a background of a Voyager episode. <laughs> Background so, of next gen, I'd love it. There, there's so much to get into with with, with this season. Like I said, it's a show of up and ups and downs. And I, but I did feel like there was more downs with this season, uh, and more oh, yeah. more frustrations. And it, most of them are centered around Burnham's character. And again, now she finds herself as the captain in what I think is the most horrific Starfleet uniforms I've ever seen. I don't like the new uniforms they they're wearing at the end. They're very gray <laughs> dominant. They look, look like a they should be running a business somewhere in Panama. I don't know. Yeah. I'm... They do look a little business suity. <laughs> Those high collars too. Not, yeah. not. I don't think it's a good look. I, I just think they wanted to go for something that was so different from what we had seen. Yeah. Uh, so and uh, also mm-hmm. the, the Enterprise uniforms are terrible. If you go back and look at them, like the True. blue jumpsuits. The blue. Like Scott Bakula. Oh yes, yes, yes. Those, that Enterprise. Those are yes. terrible uniforms. Right, but I, I, I write that off as like they're kind of supposed to be. Because it's yeah, like, yeah. you know they're just the, the dawn of Starfleet. There's not even a federation yet. They don't know about synthetic fibers. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they all like to cosplay as Michael Myers for Halloween. There's reasons to wear that jumpsuit. That's true. You got to change your oil. So, so let me kind of get into my my biggest. Uh, I want you to tell me I'm wrong. I want you to tell me I'm wrong for thinking this. I will do my best. All right. So the the this season bookends with episodes. Um, this part, you know, the first episode of the season is part one. The last episode of the season is part two. So it bookends. And uh, I, I believe the titles of the episode is, uh, and that hope is you part one and part two. Am I crazy for thinking that Star Trek is trying to steal Star Wars Kool-Aid by going getting all hopey, trying to steal hope from Star Wars? Does Star Trek own hope? <laughs> Star Wars does. All right. That's my bad. The Star Wars own hope. Dis- they Disney, own it. Disney owns hope. <laughs> I I just felt like I I I feel like all the years I've watched Star Trek, uh, you know, it's it's idealistic, it's 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 moral, it's uh, you know, a show of of integrity, characters with high integrity and moral fiber. Mm -hmm. I've and it's again optimism and optimistic and idealistic. I've never thought of hope with it though, or am I just using you know different synonyms? Uh, No. Uh, it's not really a hope show, but that's fine. They, I'll get all bored with you. <laughs> I just, I, it really bothered me when they kept, kept dropping hope in that last episode. I was like, "You are not Princess Leia. Shut up." She sure is not. Burnham <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I, it, I, I, I've read so many reviews of of, of Discovery, and I, I again, I think you and I are kind of in the minority of, of the we more, are more a lot of people like this season. Yeah. 
but no one seemed to jump on that hope thing like like I did. I was like, ugh. That just, I didn't even notice what it was called. <laughs> it just kind of brushed up against. Oh, I mean, like again, they they sort of evoked the word hope a lot in like those last couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I just I, it just brushed up against me weird. I was like, is really this is what we're gonna go with? Hope. Star Wars has been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't even notice uh, they split up episode one and thirteen as a part one and part two. <laughs> I don't like that either. <laughs> well, they 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 tricked everyone because uh, they when they put out the episode titles, they didn't the the the, the last episode had a fake title, so no one knew uh-huh. that they were they were going to do that. Yeah, but so if I watch part one and then watch part two, do they make sense? No. See, that's annoying. Yeah. Don't like that. Yeah. So I, that'd be like watching, you know, Unification Part Two, and then Best of Both Worlds Part One. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'm the only one who, who who felt weird about Hope being used by Star Trek. But again, to each their own. But I, I would like to now discuss the most egregious scene I've ever seen in a Star Trek show. Oh, go for it. <laughs> In okay, so let's set it up for our, for our, our wonderful listeners who are probably if they don't watch the show, they're way beyond baffled at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the discovery's taken uh, taken over by Osira and and the Emerald uh, Chain, right? Yeah, that's her name. Yeah, and and so Discovery, Burnham, and Book are are one faction, and then the 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 bridge crew's trying to do their own thing to kind of regain control of the Discovery because they have to go back. To the nebula to rescue Saru and Culber from the the lithium planet has all the radiation on it before mm-hmm. they're gonna die. Yes, there's a lot going on, guys. I know we haven't addressed everything. I'm I'm sorry. Watch the show. Join us in the in the yeah, baffling. It's a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, but so they're they're trying to regain control of the ship, and then there is a battle, a, a fight. Yeah, in this in the structure of the ship, that would paint the turbo lift shafts as. Oh fuck! <laughs> it's. That's a, yeah. This giant cavernous area where the turbo lifts they seem to exist that could no no they could not possibly fit within the superstructure of of a USS Star, mm-hmm. Starfleet and, ship. And, w- and we've seen the tubes that these turbo lifts are in before. Yes. So we know what they look like. You've seen and, you've seen a map of 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 ships on every on every Star Trek show ever made. Yeah. And they do not. No, that is not how turbo lifts work. That's not a Jeffers tube. I don't know what the turbo lift tubes are called. Turbo tubes. Turbo tubes. <laughs> but it, it just also calling the Orion Syndicate the Emerald Chain. I know it's different. Dumber name. <laughs> Dumber name. Dumber name. Like just have something survive. Like the Federation's still there. Why can't? I don't think the Syndicate would ever die. Because it's all black market and slave trading and bad guy stuff. Right. All right. Well, okay. Let's let's talk about that real quick then before we get off this freaking show. That's already giving me a headache. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Osiris trying to like legitimize the the Orion Syndicate, the Emerald Chain, whatever you want, whatever name you want to go by. So she's sure. trying to negotiate a deal with Admiral Vance. Right. And actually, I like that part. I like that negotiation. Did you like his refusal of it, or the terms that he he wanted for well, her? Yeah, she's she's basically a warm criminal. She could not be part of it. I agree with you, but I have seen many an argument online that Vance blew it by not agreeing to to her terms. No, no. And I'm like, wait, what show are you watching? It's Star Trek. 
Vance she's is a like, bad guy. He's the guy with like moral high ground. Like she needs yes. to be held accountable for her crimes. You've seen her blow people up. Yeah, I mean, like, there that were, episode. There I'm was an, sure. yeah, there was an entire episode where they were holding a planet hostage. <laughs> I mean, several, several. But I mean, the the one where they go to Book's home planet in particular. Oh, I, I see. I was thinking the bar. The bar too. With a uh, with, with, uh, medium. Yeah, with <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he's not medium, but he's on he's great. Jake Weber. It's, yeah. So excited to see him, and I enjoyed his villainous role. I did as well, except for the most ridiculous death in Star Trek, followed by preceded by the most ridiculous fight in that giant uh-huh. infinite space that was the turbo lift shaft area. Yeah, which is I, the, the I think they had the just inside. watched um, Doctor Who. <laughs> no, I thought they had watched Star Trek uh, Into Darkness, and they just watched Spock fight Khan. On the, on the back of like a speeder and he's like oh look how cool this is it's all wide open or on the top of the shuttle or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah and they're like we should do this for our show and they're like but that's on a plan and he's like Psh, doesn't matter no one will know no yeah, one no, no one cares no, no one who's watched star trek's ever seen a map of a ship we don't know how superstructures work look they don't know about trail ghosts <laughs> a lot of made-up stuff a lot of frustration with this with this yeah. show. Oh, and by the way, Admiral Vance's really weird conversation when Osiris eating the apple and he tells her that it's made of shit. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> like, you're basically eating my shit. <laughs> but one of the weirdest things I've ever heard on Star Trek. Negotiation tactic. I, I suppose. But have you ever thought about it that way? That the replicator, whenever you order some food out of the replicator, you're eating shit? No, because that's just Picard just ordering a hot glass of shit every day. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's like, that's really kind of unsettling. I don't think I like this conversation. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it either. Like, I don't need to know where the poop goes on Star Trek, all right? <laughs> no, I don't either. I know people are fascinated where the toilets are and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah, so again, I, I, I consider this season a, a miss for Discovery. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know... I don't know what it's going to take to rebound the show. I uh, Supposedly season four is written and ready to go. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think season four and five are supposed to be filmed back to back. Okay, that's fine. I want, just let's take another run at it and make sure they got it real good. Don't don't just go in with this, what they have written. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you we, we, we looked at the, the same interview where uh, the, oh. the showrunner, Michelle Paradise, was very convinced that the, the audience once burned him in the captain's chair. And I was like, no, I don't. I quite enjoyed Captain Saru, but hey, what do I know? Saru's awesome. Again, I, I wish the show would... would I, I guess the biggest thing I can say about the show is it, it's not even aware that it has a Michael Burnham problem. Yes. <laughs> it's just blissfully ignorant of it. Right. And th- th- that's what the, the Paradise article reform, you know, yeah, reinforced, reinforces for me. Yeah. Was like, she doesn't even realize that Picard was shitty at the end. So good job running that. And I, is she the? I don't think she's the showrunner technically. I think it's um, what's his face? No, Akiva Goldsman. No. Um, oh, Kurtzman. It's Kurtzman. Alex Kurtzman. Kurtzman. Yeah, is running it. Yeah. It's. I thought it was her, and then uh, Rob and I had a debate about it because I was trying to figure out who to yell at and focus my hate on. Oh, I've heard that she was. She had more to do with this season than than Kurtzman. She did. did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I didn't even think to start looking until they went to, to Vulcan or whatever the stupid new name for Vulcan is. 
Joven or something? Was it no, sure. not Joven? I don't know. Something like that, though. Dumb. Like, whatever <laughs> it is. And then they bring the stupid Truth Romulans back. Where Which her mom's now that? a member of, for some reason. Yes. And how's her mom alive? I think she went to the wormhole, too, didn't she? Did she? I don't know. I, I... <laughs> it's I, I could not tell you how furious I was that that chick was back. Well, I was like, no, no people from the past. You know, the only thing I like, I, I, I thought that was an interesting episode because I liked the way her mom was breaking her balls, though, and kind of calling her out for her bullshit. But again, that's uh, that's another problem with the show is 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 whenever they call Burnham out, and she's made aware of her problems, like there, it it just goes away. Right, she doesn't fix them. No, she, she just makes new problems. She just sort of ends up getting justified because of something happening. It, it it all works out in the end. So they're like, oh, see, she did the right thing every step of the way, and you're like, no, that's not how this works. Yeah, it's like like when she got busted down to being, uh, you know, back to being the science officer after being the first officer. It's all good because now she can like go live her life with with you know with book on the ship or whatever, and and kind of do what she wants again uh, without having to. She without having kinda, to, yeah, she kind of defy Saru under the surface now. <laughs> yeah, and she she could have been a friend to the ship. But because they it's, they haven't defined anybody, they can't have her leave. Yeah, because you there's no through their own fault. Until the show figures out how to fix the Burnham problem, I I, I suspect it's going to be ups and downs like this a lot because she's a vexing character a lot of the times when it's yeah. just her way or the highway kind of thing. Right, but it didn't have to be this way. She had saved the galaxy in season two. Mm-hmm. Season three, clean slate, get to know the other characters. Mm-hmm. Meet new crazy races where you can make them talk to ghosts of the dead that they can see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I. You'd be I, like, you'd be like, oh, that's crazy that they can just see the dead of their own species or whatever, or maybe they can see all ghosts. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think a, a, a huge missed opportunity to kind of get that character back on the right place because, again, like I said, you know, season one and two, yeah, there's there's some bumps in the road, but you you feel like that character's kind of journey's going in the right path. And then this season, I just was like, "Oh, they just didn't, you know, they're they're not going to complete that journey. We're not we're not going to get to like uh, the Starfleet officer that we were supposed to have, kind of thing." I, and maybe yeah. that's not the right terminology, but it's just she's just continued to be headstrong, thinks she's right all the time, do things her own way. Yeah, but she's not even like a Kirk, right? Because well, Kirk is headstrong, but Kirk at least uh-huh. talks to Spock and Bones. Yes. He took counsel. Yeah, there's a there's the a time. there's a process to for for Kirk. He may do things unconventionally, but he's also still following the 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 principles of Starfleet. I suppose Burnham thinks she is, but she again I, the chain of command very important. She wasn't the captain when she was doing these things. I can only imagine that next season is just going to be her. Uh, oh my know. god! If she goes on the first away mission, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind. For those of you at home who don't know Starfleet protocol. Captains do not go on the first away mission to a new life. They they don't really go on away missions. That's what number ones are for. <laughs> All right, we got to get off Discovery. We've we've gone uh, way too long about Discovery. All uh, right, a show we will I am sure talk about again at some point. But let's let's talk about what ended up being our favorite show of the year from Star Trek. Uh, and it, I was I was rather surprised. Very surprised because I don't like animated stuff, especially animated Star Trek stuff. Star Trek. Uh, Lower Decks, an animated series on CBS All Access, uh, turned out to be a real gem. Great. 
Uh, it was, it Great. was hilarious, self-aware of Star Trek, uh, but like also really good Star Trek. Yes. Amazingly so. Yeah. And, and again, it, it's, it, I don't think it's flawless because uh, Beckett Mariner can be a bit intense for me. <laughs> She's a little <laughs> uh, self over self-confident too. <laughs> yeah. She has a little burn in her, I think. Sure. Sure. I mean, she's got some row in her, but uh, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Boimler and 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 Tendi and and you know it's a it's a great fun cast of these officers who are not the bridge crew who you know they're kind of the grunts basically, you know. <laughs> it, it, in Star Trek terminology, if you want to go with the, with the classic terminology, they they would essentially just all be red shirts. Red shirts, yeah, yeah. But we have a you know we have Beckett and and Boimler who are in the command program who wear the red. You got Tendi who's in medical. Uh, I'm forgetting the engineer kid's name, but he wears the gold for engineering. Like, yeah, this is this next gen timeline right here. You got it. It's oh, that's coming up. Come on, man. But anyway, I mean, it's it's a it's a fun show. Like, Rutherford. Rutherford, thank you. Jeez, Louise. There are so many disposable ensigns in this season. <laughs> it was hard to keep track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jerry O'Connell's in this show. Like, bunch of big people. This show's awesome. Yeah, I mean, Jack Quaid is is I thought pretty awesome. Loved him. Yeah, as Boimler, he's really good, and and uh, everyone, everyone, in the voice cast is fantastic. I like all these characters so much. I was so interested in all of them, and it was also yeah. it was interesting to kind of see uh, see Tendi in the show as as uh, an Orion, and then end up being the big bads in in later mm-hmm. in the year in Discovery. It's kind of like they almost primed us to remember who the Orions are. Sure. How could you forget who the Orions are? The big show played an Orion but, in Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, of course, of course. But uh, uh, again, it's a fun, zany show that... Uh, zany's not a, a word I like to use, but it's it's kind of zany, right? A little it, wacky? Uh, it's light. It's fun. It has, like, a ton of fan service, but they're not hitting you over the head with it. Yeah. And, like, they're not the flagship. <laughs> they are, what, the, the second... Uh, the USS Cerritos? Second. <laughs> yeah, but they're the second contact. That's their mission. Yeah, they're, they're not first contact. Yeah, the first episode is the ones that go back to second contact. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, it's the worst job in the world. No, and it, as the show kind of goes on, and, and uh, we kind of dive into, in, A, into the characters more, but we kind of get into, you know, some of the, I don't know if cracks is, 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 is a good word, but, like, the Federation's got some problems. Starfleet's got some problems. They're not sure. real good. At, they're not real good at second contact, and like that. That season finale is so good, and I love how it kind of points out that like they're real good at at first contact and and stuff like that, but they're not real good at, at keeping things updated. Nah, and <laughs> we're just out there to meet new life. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to maintain it though, or anything. No, like that. that's not the name. In, you know, that's not in the credits, opening credits. But. Uh, Again, I think this is a great, great show, and I think each episode gets better and better as it kind of builds mm-hmm. on its mythology, and the characters get to explore themselves. And it's it's surprisingly dark at points too. Like yeah. when Mariner's running the holodeck program, where she's trying to kill her mom. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's some yeah. dark, twisted shit in there. Not trying successfully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a, a crazy episode. I don't, I don't want to get too much into it, but but Mariner's mom is the captain of the Cerritos. There's a reason why they're there together, and it's because Mariner is sort of a rebelling against the idea of becoming the perfect Starfleet officer? Well, I think she did something to get herself demoted or like the pressure got to her. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's kind of what that one episode explores. They never really said what it was. They didn't say what it was, but it kind of... She kind of explores the idea that, like, she decided to be a fuck-up because of the pressure and stuff like that. Hello? Sorry. Everything just cut out for a second. Sorry. Did you hear me? Yeah, I heard you. I heard you. Okay, okay. But, like, apparently you couldn't hear me or anything. No. (laughs) I thought it was a really interesting exploration of of her character. I think it was episode nine when when they do that holodeck... Uh, program yeah, she rewrites so. into a movie, and it's like dark and twisted, and like Tendi gets upset it so much with like the credits, like the the Star Trek six credits. <laughs> where I was like, oh, this is beautiful. They're they're signing their names. Yeah, like I said, it's such an aware show, and like there's so many like funny little homages to 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 past Trek. Uh, I can't even name all of them because there's so many good ones. Yeah, no, I mean they name checked Roger Danar. They did. They sure it, did. Those of you who know me, I love that episode of Star Trek Next Gen so much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a one-off nothing episode. It's just your basic super soldier Star Trek episode. Yeah, but doesn't <laughs> doesn't Mariner tell Boylan to get the fuck out of here with Rogan or Danar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so you and Boimler are the same person. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I would be uh, doing my own future captain's log. Uh, man, and I, uh, so you you gave me an advance warning. You're like, there's a moment in the finale that's so good, and I know One you. One of my favorite I, moments of all. Of I track. understand, but I know you so well that I thought perhaps you were referring to just the fact that the packlets were the bad guys, because <laughs> no, I know how much you. That was them. also awesome. I know how much you love the packlets. Yeah, well, they need stuff to make them go. <laughs> they do. And they're always looking for the Enterprise, apparently. <laughs> I love how they every ship's the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if for no other reason, like, like we have been mean. I think we've been a little mean to Star Trek today, to the live action shows. But if anyone wants to check out, if you get like a, a, the seven day free trial of CBS All Access, watch Lower Decks. That's the show to watch. It's great. And, and I love Star Trek. I love it. I love live action Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It, it's just in a bad place right now. Doesn't mean it can't turn around. I mean, the first couple seasons of Enterprise are really bad, but three and four of that show, really good. But it was just too late to turn that ship around. No, and you know, in the, in the introduction to the show, I kind of explain like we are fans of Star Trek, and we're, but we don't want to, and we definitely don't want this to come across as you and I being like the old guys who are like, this is an old Trek, you know, blah blah blah. I'm okay with Trek being. This new Trek, it's okay. I get it, and I, I think that JJ is the the reason why I'm okay with it. Is like if I can handle the JJ verse, I can I can deal with this. We're we're fine. I'm just excited. There's Trek. Yeah, I, I just yeah. I just want it to be better. <laughs> yes, I just I just want it to be better. And I don't. I, I'm not even expecting great, just better. No, and the the show is all the shows are are visually interesting, visually well done, uh, uh, shot well. Directed well, they have they have great directors. You know, Frakes comes back and directs a couple episodes every season for them. They they have a really talented team of directors who shoot the show beautifully. Both shows, Picard and and Discovery, look great. Oh, fantastic! Fan- they look amazing. Like we just need to put a little bit more effort into the- characters and plot. Yeah, and it, it it can't be on one woman's shoulders. Or you know, I mean, Saru's developed a lot, mm-hmm. and I mean Tilly really hasn't. She's they, she's they, gotten. I feel like a they little... took her down a peg this year. 
Like she was on her way up last season, and this year yeah. I feel like she got set back. And she, but and she really had so little to do all season too. They really shortchanged her. Yes, they did. And we're saying she had so little to do. They made her captain. Yeah. <laughs> they made her captain. And the worst and captain. Still... She just sat there and waited for Osira to show up. No evasive maneuvers. No, let's go sit in the nebula so no one can see us. <laughs> I mean, now granted, the nebula was dangerous, but still, like maybe do something <laughs> to divert the fact that you're sitting there waiting for your captain and crew to come back. I'm just. Uh, do you think Cisco would have let that chick on board his ship? Man. Do you think Janeway would have let that chick aboard her ship? Janeway would have set the auto self-destruct in two seconds. No, I, I meant to go back and double check this, but like if she had called red alert and put shields up, there's no one transporting onto the bridge, right? I don't know how these future transporters work. They are very fancy. Which also, I, I did not like the personal transporter. You know, we didn't talk about, uh, we didn't talk about, uh, Osira and, and Burnham, their battle in the data core of Discovery when Osiris shoves her into a giant box of moving Legos. That was weird. Yeah, I, I, what the fuck was... I was <laughs> I, like, what's happening? I was like, is that supposed to be the actual data core? Like, what is that? I don't know. And I was like, does that kill her? And then bullets came out of it. I was like, oh, I guess not. Well, I don't think it was bullets, but you know. Yeah. I, I know, but all right, phaser <laughs> blast. Phaser or... <laughs> Nine millimeter bullets. Yeah, uh, I wish. <laughs> that was weird. There's a lot of weird stuff in that season, in this season. Again, uh, and what... A, a lot of strange things too, like the the what what the, what the hell was that new matter they were using, like the memory matter or something, like memory foam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like the ships That's could fine. have different things right. on them. I mean, at least they're trying to think of something that would be like the next step from touch screens. I guess I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. It was just weird. I know it's going to look weird in ten years when you look back on it. Whatever the next step's going to be. Well, I thought it was way more. Like, I thought it was way more interesting the way they used it on Book's ship than the way they did it on Discovery. Like Book's ship could like constantly reconfigure itself to do all these like cool high speed maneuvers and stuff. Yeah, that Book ship was awesome. Yeah, but like Discovery, but they just put on the nacelles and they go in and they go out. They go in. I didn't like they that they out. refitted Discovery. Also, <laughs> didn't like it. It was like that's unnecessary. But Book ship, it felt. That's the one thing that felt Star Wars to me was Bookship. Yeah, I, I I think there was a certain element of, of that. I mean, I was it, like, you could hide it from me. That's a B wing. <laughs> I know what a B wing looks like. I thought the same thing, <laughs> but it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of details that we're that we're not talking about with discoveries, and, and some of the and we're, we're not talking about some of the highs. We're probably focusing more on some of the negative stuff. But, they stuck out more, unfortunately. Yeah, but I did. Like, I really enjoyed like seeing the Andorians again. I was really hoping they were going to have a bigger part coming, you know, in this season, but not really. Well, again, and and you had the weird thing with Earth, and um, you know, Earth's like really isolationist, and uh, they're they're getting raided, and it turns out they're getting raided from one of the what like one of the moons of Jupiter or something. Jupiter like, or something, yeah. And and. But they don't know it's other, but they don't they don't know it's other humans that are raiding them and then like there's this the big Scooby Doo reveal when they yank the guy's helmet off. Yeah. And he's and like, like I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you, Captain Saru. That's right. Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? What just happened here? This is so weird. There's lots of things like that. Yes. They're... Good stuff, bad stuff. A lot of the episodes were just completely mixed bags. Yeah, I 
I wish they had found out, like, Telerite was destroyed in the burn or something. Like, you know, you lost a main Federation planet. Oh, right, right, right. You know, or, you know, one of the founding Federation members is just gone. Just raise the stakes about the burn. Like, yes, the the lithium's gone. They're going to figure out a new uh, warp wave or whatever that was from next gen. And then they can just ride the wave. Well, it's just it's just sort of half baked too, because uh, you know, okay, so there's this dilithium crisis, but because Discovery can can use its spore drive to get around, it's sort of like this this hot commodity. That's why Osira wants it for for the Emerald Chain. Mm-hmm. But the the whole resource scarcity plotline is sort of I don't know half assed. I guess they don't they don't really pull it through all the way to the finish line. It's just, it sort of just becomes like reasons why people do things. Uh-huh. And what they complete, I feel like if you remember, please correct me, but I feel like they completely abandoned the whole thing with like, why does everyone in the galaxy know this one song? <laughs> uh. I mean, it got him to that planet with the dead lithium, but like, what was the deal with that? Like they never really got into that whole thing. They just kind of forgot about it. Uh, tell you the truth. I have forgotten about it. <laughs> Just it it pointed him to that planet, and then you never heard about it the rest of the show, yeah. or the rest of the season. Because they got say. to the planet, it didn't matter anymore. It didn't matter. No one cares why everyone in the galaxy knows that song growing up as a kid. Like, what? What are we talking about? Yeah. And I was, at, I thought they were going to decide that like dilithium was sentient or something, and I was like, you know, it, it was crying out for help. But oh, I guess I guess they opted not God. to go that direction. Thank God, I. My face would have melted like Raiders in the Lost Ark, man. <laughs> uh, I that would have been terrible. I, I'm concerned the show paints itself in the corner sometimes, and it just it, it, you know hits the eject button instead of delivering on anything. Yeah. Uh, we we also didn't talk about the um, the sphere robots saving the day, except for when they didn't. <laughs> yeah, but when did they get so um, batteries not included looking? Oh, I thought they looked like a like the Eve droid from Wally. Okay, the, also that. <laughs> but I was like, what's that? Like, what? Did they always look like this in season two? Like those? Um... Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I you know. Like... I also thought the sphere data was going to be more of an influence on the show, and it really wasn't. They really they hinted at it being cool and useful, but other than like the one episode where Saru's trying to get the get the crew to like bond, uh, it doesn't really do yeah. much. No, just a way another waste of thing. But I thought it could have been interesting. Well, no, I mean, and you've you've watched all the short tracks, right? So you probably saw the Calypso one. Which is the Calypso? One? Where it's like the super far future and the and oh, loved the, it. Yeah, one of my favorite ones. Yeah, the one with with a uh, Hawkman on it. Yeah, from Leverage. I, I really thought they were going to retcon that and make that like book. I wondered about that too. Actually, season. I wondered if they were going to do that, but it, yeah. So I mean, at some point. The, the sphere data is going to make the ship sentient. I thought that was the direction we were going to go in and the ship was going to actually be more useful. I thought so. Or I thought they were going to put it, you know, into the ship. And so, like, Discovery would think, just like they did with Enterprise at the end of Next Gen. This, this is the problem when, when you bounce around with different showrunners from season to season. You know, sometimes, you know, a lot, there's not a lot of follow through when you, when you have a new person calling the shots every year. Yeah, and there doesn't have to be. Like... No. Because if you're doing a good job, you wouldn't be being replaced. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. 
I, you know. And I didn't mean to go back to Discovery, but it's just there's so much to get it, off our it's chest. Just what, it's just the last thing that was out, so it's freshest. We're trying to get closure here on this season on on the on the podcast tonight. Reagan and I want to we want to get this all out now, so that we can we can watch the new seasons with with optimism and uh, believe in the strength of the Federation that the, the moral high ground will return. I hope so. <laughs> I mean... Characters will be relevant, and plots yeah. will be. Simplified, and so that the entire crew can participate in solving problems. Oh wait, Strange New Worlds, starring Captain Pike. Oh, he did will it. Will be here with the Ethan Peck as Spock, Rebecca Romaine as Number One. Is someone playing a young Kirk? Not yet. Is there going to be a Lieutenant Kirk on this show? Not yet, but I would it shock oh. you for them to do it? I know Shatner's probably not on board with that. Well, they they did wait for Leonard Nimoy to pass away before they decided yeah. to do this yeah. young Spock thing with with Ethan Peck. Although I think who eventually won me over as young Spock, by the way. Oh sure, yeah. It, it's I was like no, but I mean, come on, I went through Zachary Quinto. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> like, it, come on, uh, you know, Quinto's a great Spock too. Well, it sounds like Strange New Worlds is going to be kind of like the Star Trek show for us old old guys. Who want mm-hmm. you know single episodes, Planet of the Week, Monster of the Week kind of shows? Uh, I'm very excited about that. I don't, but I don't have. I everyone knows on this podcast knows I love long form storytelling. Mm-hmm. But Discovery and Picard have not done well with it for Star Trek. No, so let's it, let's simplify. They focus. Things. They focus too much on the 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 arc. Yeah, like they're they're trying to get to the finish line at any cost. Well, and they, and they cost characterization, and they cost yes. uh, uh, storytelling. Storytelling, yeah, yeah. It's all about the bang yeah. bang and the boom booms. Yes, and I, I do. I love a fight. I love bang bang. I love boom booms more than you know. They, but they don't always and, earn it on on Discovery, and they definitely didn't earn it on, on Picard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I feel Discovery really screwed the pooch more because the the clean slate of it all. Yeah, the, they the, the potential literally could was, have done anything. The, the, the potential was there; it was just completely wasted. It's it's unfortunate. It's I mean, I don't think the show's unwatchable by any means. I don't think the season's unwatchable by any means. Uh, I just don't think it delivers the goods the way I wanted it to. Yeah, no. It's if you like Star Trek, like watch it. It's there's some good stuff. Um, Burnham sacrifice basically sacrificing. Um, the doctor again. So Stamens is going to have to deal with his husband dying again, sacrificing Saru, and you know basically ejecting Stamens out into space, hoping Starfleet will beam him aboard. I actually agree with that decision, though. <laughs> and it's looking back on it, I agree. With that. I was very upset at the moment it was happening. I was like, "How dare you, bitch? Well, He's going to die again." Stamens was another underserved character this season. They didn't. They, I don't yes. think they gave Anthony Rapp nearly enough to do. There was, no, the, yeah. you know, the parts he had were, were interesting, you know, between, uh, you know, him he and, and his the husband kid. and then with, with, yeah, exactly. Like the, the whole family dynamic that had going on was interesting, but you didn't get to see much of it. Yeah, no. And then I, I did like at the end, like when like everyone's like, you know, jerking each other off over the stupid victory still. Yeah. And she, she looks at Stamets and he's basically like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm going to stab you in your sleep. <laughs> Yeah, trying to take my family from that, me. That's the one. Yeah, that's the look. I know that look. Yeah. <laughs> I get that look a lot. Was, and but I was thinking, I was like, Burnham, what did you expect to happen? You basically said, "Sorry, you got to take one for the team," and then shot him out of a ship. Uh, also, looking back, because 
for that season finale, so many things happen by by convenience. Like uh-huh. you know, Adira defying orders to go down to the planet with radiation meds so that uh, so they can live longer. Culber and, and Saru don't die, so that they can have the big battle with with Osira before they can come and rescue them. Uh, Stamets getting shot into space so that we can find out that book has value to the ship because now he can also pilot the thing because he's an empath and his yeah. way to commune with nature helps him uh, access the mycelial network. Uh, it, so many things just happen conveniently and I was like, ugh, I hate it when that happens. Now yeah. granted, they, they showed, they did, they, looking back, they did sort of foreshadow the thing with book in the episode where he's on his home planet, but still it just felt like, oh, you made this happen so that this moment could happen. Yeah. Yes. They definitely had that moment first. Yeah. And we're like, oh, we need to figure out. At least they they thought enough to try and explain it. Right. It didn't just it didn't just come out of the blue, but yeah. I don't again. This is one of but those things. That's not even a big problem with the show. I I appreciate they at least tried to connect a dot for me I along yep. the way somewhere. The dot was there. I'm gonna put that in the positive. Comment. I think I think you're probably right, but I did think it was like, oh well, this is why they didn't need Stamets here at all because. But again, that's a card that Burnham's keeping to herself. You know, she doesn't explain the that to Stamets when he, she shoots him into space. <laughs> like, don't worry, I got a plan. And there's a lot of that with Burnham. It's like, I know what's going on, but you don't. Yeah, she never tells her plans. No, it sucks. I mean, maybe she'll tell, you know, Tilly during, like, tickle time when they're in the... Uh, although she's captain, I guess they're not going to be roommates anymore. Well, you'd hope not, but maybe they have bunk beds oh, in season three. I would love it if, like, she had Tilly come to live with her in her <laughs> captain's quarters. Well, going back to the episode where they go, where they go to like the, the whatever the Vulcan planet's name is, and they and they have like that 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 tribunal sort of thing. <laughs> and yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. Like bringing her mom into it as as one of the the truth telling Romulan people uh, was Ugh. was annoying. Uh, but I, I did like the fact that her mom was the one busting her balls for just telling everyone to trust her and not really explaining anything to anybody. It's like no, 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 just I got this. Trust me. Let's all oh, do what I'm saying because it's gonna work out. And they're like, why? Why do you think that? I did enjoy that. <laughs> it always works out. That's why. But again, there's no follow through on that. You know, like she doesn't really sit there and, and process that whole thing. It's a bummer. I was muted, right? No, I guess. Yes, oh, it was God. muted. Uh, you stopped talking. I was I did. listening. I did. I uh, was running out of things to say. I was like, uh, please come back to the mic. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I had to blow my nose. No, and did not fine. want to do it on mic. You're fine. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna wrap up and let you go because I know it's getting late there. Anyways, I don't. No, is there fine. anything else you need to get off your chest? Though, like I said, we're trying to achieve catharsis here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't talk about Riker, Captain Riker, showing up at the end of Lower Decks. Don't worry, that's the opening of the show. I've spoiled it for everyone. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Genuine goosebumps. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Love to and to to bring Riker and Troy back, dude. Where they're to, actually to have doing them on stuff. the Titan it was so exciting because that, yeah. that's such um like memory beta kind of like fan novels and right. not fan novels, but I mean you know it's such a, a not it's not necessarily canon per se. You know, like Paramount's always been really dicey about like books don't necessarily mean anything. Even though there's a whole series of Titans books where where Riker's the captain and all these cool adventures happen. Yeah. And so I to think see Wesley's it in the security chief. Yeah, so to see it in like a canon show like Lower Decks is pretty rad. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean he did go to the Titan in um Nemesis, so Yeah, but, but do you only say it by name? That's true. You're right. I did forget about that. That he did finally accept the promotion to be captain there. Yeah. Right. I did forget about that. Yeah. But it was great to see it finally. It's, 
Yeah, it, even if it is an animation, it was awesome. Yeah, I went. That's the only thing that bothered me about Picard is when Riker showed up. I wanted him to be at the bridge of the fucking Titan. Yeah, like he got his ship out of mothballs. Or you would have thought that the they talk, that captain that they talked about when they're eating pizza would have showed up. Had they, he would have yeah. been on that ship with that guy that they were talking about. Oh, uh, Crandall, <laughs> Captain Crandall, that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> just just the fact that they didn't look in to see. Because you know how, especially Riker was always all about his ship. He was all about the Enterprise while he was on it. And you figured he would be like that about the Titan, since that was the one ship that got him to finally leave the Enterprise. That should have been his ship. But no, they cheaped out and made every ship look the same, because that's great in a Star Star Trek space battle. sucked. Yeah. He, uh... All right, I was trying to talk about some of the positive. I started going negative again. I apologize. <laughs> Riker was back at the end of Lower Decks, and it was fucking awesome. It was fucking awesome. He remembered the Titan. Yeah. Hey, now. <laughs> Denzel likes Great that movie. joke. Great movie. <laughs> uh, before we go, I yeah. do want to just throw a little shout out. Started watching this little show called Titans. Fucking awesome show. The DC Comics show? The one on yes, HBO Max? fucking awesome. Don't know anything about the characters. Don't know anything. You just thought that Robin's all like, fuck Batman. Oh, yeah. Robin, he don't like Batman. But uh, Jason Todd showed up. I was like, hey, man, you're going to get beat up and become Red Hood. I know that. Right? He's the Red Hood? <laughs> He's the Red Hood. Yeah, see, look, I know that. <laughs> uh, it's a good show. I've watched like six episodes. I was up to four in the morning last night watching Titans, and it's great. <laughs> I'm, watch- I'm watching Ted Lasso. I'm busy. Oh. I'd have to turn on Apple TV. Too I got, lazy. I got a free year, so yeah, I think I, I have a free year through, through uh, my wife, and I'm just too lazy to actually like look at it. I love it. It's a great show. Jason Sudeikis is the most positive man on the planet. It's amazing, and he coaches soccer. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's written by Bill Lawrence. I know, I know all about it. Yeah, you, that's right. Anyway, Zach Braff <laughs> directed episode two. Your boy, he sure did. That yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, he, guy owes me twenty bucks. <laughs> all right i have have we have we have, are we cleansed are we are we good i think so all right we're excited for the two new shows we're excited for the new shows we're wait, we're, we're excited for lower decks to come back i'm even i'm probably even gonna watch that uh that junior animated show that's coming too i forget the name of it but is it for little kids yeah but i'm probably gonna watch it mm. i mean if it's on when i watch in like season two of picard whenever that finally comes out season four discovery I'm the gonna, new shows. I'm gonna finish watching my short treks, and then I'm gonna turn off CBS until it's time to get uh, get them all again. Oh, uh, did they make short treks for this season? I don't think so. Oh, thank God! I was like, God, do I have to go back and watch more? No, short I, treks? I haven't. I haven't finished all the short treks from last season, actually. So I got. I got to go. Back I don't and think this. I did either. Like they're not as great. Well, what are you gonna do? It's fine. I know. It's actually, I'd be fine with the short treks if they're like, okay, we just want to do something in the main timeline. If we want to go back to that timeline, well, do there, something there's, there. There's one with number one and, and Spock that I have to watch. So Hated it. Oh, all right. Never <laughs> that, mind. That. That's the last one I watched. And I was like, <laughs> I need to take a break from that. Flash forward like a year and a half later. <laughs> I have not gone back to watch. Well, like I said, I'm going to turn off CBS pretty soon. So I got to I gotta finish them. Yeah. <laughs> I can't afford all these streaming networks, Dragon. It's too I much. I know. I bitch about it all the time because <laughs> I refuse to get Peacock. Yeah, same here. We're, we're, we're still out on that. Janine, I'm like, meh. Even even Janine, who wants to watch the new Saved by the Bell, it will not spring for Peacock. I, I would love to watch the new Saved by the Bell. Not doing it, though. 
All right, my friend. Thank you for joining me and, and doing this kind of like the state of Star Trek. And I, I think we would, to, to kind of summarize after our 90-minute conversation, that the state of Star Trek is, eh? eh? But but there's potential. It can always get better. It can always get better. And we're going to be there to watch and hope and hopefully see it get better. That's the good yeah. news. We're and not out on Star Trek. It might come out sometime. We're not out on Star Trek by any means. Yes, right. You can always bring back Chris Pine and, and Chris Hemsworth. I would not be mad at that at all. Yeah, not going to happen, but I'll hold out hope because this show is all about hope, Tom. <laughs> Boom. How dare you? Boom. How dare you? <laughs> I'm ending this podcast right now. Oh, You're done. I ruined it. <laughs> no, hey, well played. Well played. Uh, even Q's going to give you credit on that one. <laughs> John Delancey right now is nodding his head. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. That's good. Pretty good. We stole it now. <laughs> all right, buddy. I will talk to you soon. Thanks again for all the help with this episode. No worries, man. It's always fun. And as as, as we always say on this podcast, live long and prosper. <laughs> oh, that, don't you steal my bit from the coisgpod.com. Uh, you can follow us at Instagram and Twitter and all that great stuff at coisgpod. I said it wrong should, last week. Yeah, so I apologize I say, if you, you went to a dentist down. office website. <laughs> that is not us. Coisgpod.com. Maybe I'll even put a link in the in the in the description for the show if I remember. That'd be great. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I will talk to you super soon. Later. All right, bud. <laughs> hey, there it is. That is the conversation. That is the podcast. A little long, a little rambly, but hey, Ray and I like talking about Star Trek, and there is a lot to kind of get into. Uh, and I, again, I hope we weren't too negative uh, on our criticisms, our critiques of, of of Discovery, and even even of Picard, but. Um, we just want them to be better shows. We we love we love Trek. We're big Trek fans. Uh, we just want we just want a little bit more out of them. You know, less with the less with the big silly plots and 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 more character development, more character study. Um, you know, do what do the do the do the do the right thing. Give us the characters the way we want it to be. Better. Hey, make it so that I know the name of the bridge crew members. That'd be even better. Anyways, I hope you all have enjoyed listening to this episode. I want to thank you all so much for taking the time. Uh, if this episode hasn't turned you off to checking out Star Trek, I hope you check it out. And, and and please let me know if I'm right or wrong, what you agree and disagree with. Hit me up on the social media. You know where to find me. I am at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. We are at that important part of the show where I'd like to thank the members of Pophead Nation, the official members of Pophead Nation, which you can become if you head over to Patreon.com forward slash TomCast podcast, where you regain access to the amazing, the wonderful, the bonus content. New videos up. There's been two videos in the last two weeks. I'm hoping a new video up this week. I really want to crank out some bonus videos for everybody on a, on a weekly basis. So thank you to my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. Jeff is the co-host of the Ringing Ear podcast, a fantastic music show that I love very, very much. Thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, and welcome to our news Patreons, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pariah Brewing, right here in San Diego, California. Thank you so much for joining the Pophead Nation family. We are so happy to have you here. And uh, I have a feeling that Krista will actually be on this show at some point because uh, she was schooling Roger and I on, uh, on our lack of Middle Earth history. So she might be here to help set the record straight next time we have to talk about Lord of the Rings stuff on the show. So thank you so much for doing that, Chris. I appreciate that. And thank you guys both for becoming Patreons. 
Remember, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and so many more wonderful platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please take the time to leave us a five-star review. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all your friends and family, and even your enemies, because your enemies need to know about Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery, so share it with them. And finally, remember, we are part of the 3BZ Network of Podcasts. Head over to 3BZ.com. You'll find links to all the shows on the network, Beer Night in San Diego, this Pine Podcast, the TomCast Popcast, and our Star Wars-centric podcast, MandoVision. You'll also find our store Envy page if you want sweet, sweet merch. Because why not? Why not? All right, let's let's uh, let's uh wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it so very, very much. We'll be back very, very soon in the near future. Remember, my name is Tom, and this is the TomCast Podcast. Ciao, babes. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!